me, Mrs. Briggs? Are you waiting to receive my limp penis? Damn, boy. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide And now, our feature presentation. How was that? It's great. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not what I would call final, even though I have called it final. This is not what I would call final. I, I did like I did like the Mrs. Brinks. Are you ready to receive my lip penis? I'm not too sure how that will fly for an intro, but I I am <laughs> I will not ask for what was the term? Well, it's, it's it's the same. It's like don't ask for. Yeah, I will not ask for permission. I'll ask for forgiveness. You'd rather beg forgiveness than ask permission. Yes, that's what I will do. But that is the intro that I've basically summed up with my lack of knowledge of Adobe Audition. That I I thoroughly enjoyed the first, like, five, ten seconds. Well, what about the rest? What's What, what about the rest of it? Well, I do believe you mentioned blue balling earlier. Yes. So... <laughs> I told you, do not. You you were like, I am throbbing at the cock for well, this. I fucking was. Like, you started me off hard. That was like the best. Ha- candy I did not. I did not even sell it as hard. I was like, hey, look, I did something. You're like, fuck, erection ready. You need to fuck calm it. down on that. Well, yeah, but then you went and started off with a fucking that perfect intro. I'm sitting here like, oh, this lass is giving me a handy, and I'm fucking loving it. And then she smiles, and I find out she's British. That's a bit harsh. I mean, like, I didn't do that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but... Nevertheless, mm. welcome to our first episode of what we are calling SV Cheats 1. It is quite a spectacular name. Thank you very much. Don't need to warn me. But yes, this podcast is called SV Cheats 1. I am Chris, and with me here, I have... Me. Yes. Alex. Am I going Alex. by Alex or am I going by Mono? You're like Alex, just I'm Alex. Alex. All right, so I'm Alex, right, and I'm here with Chris, and mm-hmm. together our amazing twosome is turned into a threesome with Jaden, we- the only intelligent one of the group. Debatable. But yeah, if you're uh, an intelligent no, you're one, right, why have you joined right. our two? Why Deba- have you joined our threesome? It is debatable. Kenny is yeah. also here. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Hey, I'm not the one confusing phobia with Latin. Anyway, so we are Ozplays. So we have a YouTube channel called Ozplays. That's A-U-S-P-L-A-Y-S on YouTube. We are a Let's Play group, an Australian-based Let's Play group. And we're basically dipping our virgin toe into this podcasting business as a form of advertising for our channel. So one thing, where can I improve on that intro? Um, probably don't start off with the, hey, we're doing a podcast to shill our channel. Hey, hey, people are getting both benefits. They're getting a taste of what we are on a channel without having to go to the channel. And if they like it, then they'll go to the channel. Well, then why don't you say, go to the channel, check out more of us because, because our humor this is... this is more content. Yeah. This is, this is more content. There's it... more free content as well over on our YouTube channel. Check yes. it out. D- definitely check it out. But as I said, with with my intro, what do you think could be improved? How would you do the intro? Uh, more aggressive sales pitch. I wouldn't. 
But you you didn't like it. I, I tried so hard. I spent a whole 20 minutes looking at videos to cut audio from. Uh, my, my my feelings have been hurt. Oh, the yeah, audio file. I, I thought you were talking about shilling than, the channel. Uh, no, I'm talking about the intros. And oh, like, definitely uh, more limp penis. More limp penis. <laughs> Fuck. Anything, anything from that fucking 30 second clip of them putting what's his face into that car. Like this is democracy, democracy manifest. manifest. Just fucking, I see you know your judo well. Even that, like, holy shit. Anything from that fucking 30-second clip is is fucking perfection manifest. I cannot stress that enough. Perfection manifest. But from what I, from what I gathered, I believe that he's been going and dining and dashing in a lot of uh, restaurants, and they finally caught him. That's why he's enjoying a succulent Chinese meal. What is the charge? Enjoying a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Yeah. That guy, man, like, he knew he was being recorded, so you, like, he was just putting on a fucking show. Oh, man, what a show it was. It was. It's a very popular clip as well. Like, Get your I hands s- off my penis. Oh, you got me what? Yeah, but that, so you want more limp penis man. Oh, definitely more limp penis man. He is, he is a god in my eyes. Not one that I pray to, and definitely not one I'd share to the family. This is how cults are started, by the way. Oh yeah, cults are started you, because uh, you one idolize idiot, someone you shouldn't. Yeah, cults are started because one idiot acts like an idiot on television, and then people like me meme him, and like I I, I find enjoyment out of him, and so, I meme him, and then you get people who come along who take the joke a little too far. So and, Elon Musk. Yeah. Like Elon 100%. Musk is the meme. That his investors do not enjoy. Yeah, like, Elon Musk comes out and says, fucking, we can genetically engineer cat girls for domestic ownership. Like, as a fucking weeb, I'm, like, so fucking pumped for that shit. But as a human being, I kind of want to see that shit go down just so I can watch the UN Human Rights Council try and argue whether domestic ownership of cat girls is a human issue, a feminist issue, or an animal rights issue. I don't think they would let it happen in the first place. I don't think it would even get as far to go. Like, someone would have to create a cat girl in, like, secret. secrecy. Yeah. Mass produce these cat girls in secrecy, and then it'll be too late for them to go, we can't kill them all. We have to uh, acknowledge their rights in some way, shape, or form. That's... I'm, hey, I fucking someone do it. I feel like it'd be more likely to happen that someone figures out how to edit people to do that and then go, hey, we need volunteers. Well, I like can open someone guarantee up in Photoshop. Oh, no. that's how it'll go down. Because there that, will that be is, people. Though. There will absolutely be people that go, fuck yeah, I'm down for this. Fucking here come all the other kin. <laughs> that is the problem, though. Like, Jaden's completely right. That is 100% what happened. People are like, hey, I'm trying to make cat girls. Who wants to volunteer? People will be throwing themselves at whoever that is yeah well like, we've already got the genetic makeup there for like half of the cat girl which is the tail we just need to reactivate the tail gene yeah but like does the cat girl start at the tail or does it stop at the tail well i suppose it would have to stop at the tail rather than start a tail like it would just be from what i can understand of human anatomy and like cat anatomy it would just be replacing the ear canal in a human with those of a cat so the ears would be on top of the head rather than 
uh, on the side of the head, and we but already have a tailbone in, there. In theory, and so we just need to reactivate need to that completely gene. rebuild the skull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and need... then possibly rewire the brain to make sure the inputs are going in the right places. Yeah, that is also true. So that didn't gets, say so so that that ends up becoming a, a, a slightly change from yeah we just need to change up the ear canals to do we have an expert neurosurgeon on board with this it's it's less about like hey we can do this and more about we're gonna fuck your skull up <laughs> let's hope you're cute when you come out afterwards fucking really it's like you're flipping a 90-sided coin here so you you flip heads you're you're the perfect cat girl everyone's gonna want a piece of you you flip out the other 89 options you're dead <laughs> or no you flip the other 88 options the other night option is you come out the most disabled ugly looking cat girl and no one wants a single piece of you that is yeah that is true that is definitely true but i like to believe in multiverse theory and i believe that there is an earth out there that is completely populated with cat girls and it's probably easier to get to than to rewire the human genome into cat well, just, just have this conversation with J.J. Abrams and see where it gets you. Oh, probably fuck. get you a movie deal on the whole uh, Cloverfield situation because that's apparently how that ended out. Multiple, you know, oh, it's fucking crazy. Multiverse It theory. went downhill real fast. Mm. Yes. Speak to J.J. Abrams. How, hey, J.J., uh, we can do a continuation of Cloverfield, but instead of uh, grizzly fucking army dudes... Just cat girls, cat girls in uh, military getup and miniskirts. Fucking, we'll sell like hotcakes. miniskirts. And the just tiniest. Yeah, call them the casualties of fashion. Well, before JJ Abrams gonna jump on that idea, he's going to have to fuck up your name first. Oh shit! I forgot that was taking place. It is. It's unfortunately taking place. I'm not too sure. Let's hope development hell comes and takes it swiftly. I'm hoping the same thing happens to that movie as what's happened to the Sonic movie. And just, they release a trailer and the internet shits on it so hard they have to cancel the project. Yeah, but they didn't cancel Sonic though. It no, just got to play like, it. hey, you guys don't like the look of Sonic. Let's fix that for you. And everyone's just like, as much as people like, hey, look, I fixed Sonic. It's a meme, yada, yada, yada. No one's going to watch that movie because of how Sonic looks. Everyone's going to go to that movie and see how much of a fucking trash fire that movie is. And yeah. or for Jim Carrey. Oh, I, I, from, I hate the idea of that, Jim that Carrey. That carrying a movie? <laughs> that, like, when was the last time Jim Carrey carried a movie? Good question. Was, I, yeah, I don't remember actually, his movies. I was, was going to go like, hey, when was the last time Jim Carrey starred in a movie? But like that would actually insinuate It's been that recently. He like he starred in a few movies which are very serious tone and very psychological thriller sort of things. And they just fucking bomb. Like they are the most boringest shit that ever I ever did lay my eyes upon. It's just not even worth watching. Mm. I but suppose you know that what is... is worth watching? What? Tell me. My week. You're weak? Yes. Yes, yes, you uh, are. I'll put a little audio transition in here so we can move to our weeks. Okay. Pretty much. I if have, I can I find an audio enough. transition <laughs> that says that, I'm going to put that in there. Just fucking sound by that and use that as the audio transition. The 1980s yeah, I'll do Batman. That. I've got Fruity Loops. Oh, fucking, that reminds, me of, that reminds me of a story back in high school. Well, you're going to have to save it because oh. right now... We're talking about your week. So, 
So my week. Because <laughs> yes. right now it's about me. It's about me. So my week has been, I would say, full of frustration and fun. Because I am trying to do two things at once, both which seem quite difficult. And that is, I'm playing through the Final Fantasy series, game by game, and I'm trying to beat Doom on Ultra Nightmare difficulty. So this will be the Doom 2016 game, which is an amazing game. I absolutely love it. It's just the main reason why I love Doom so much in the 2016 version is just that the controls are tight, the atmosphere is just great, and the mu- the music I think would be a part of the atmosphere of the game because the atmosphere is just like okay, bloody demons over here, uh, space factory here, hell here, cool. There's your there's your sort of themes, but then the music behind it is what drives you to do like really good. Like if you can pull off some like twisted ass bullshit using rocket launchers and gorse cannons while the music is blaring in your ears amazing feeling pretty much i've got a lob on a hard lob on and that's so, my so jump you're button. saying so you're saying if you can sync up the slaughter with the soundtrack it it um offers you a very sensual experience a very euphoric feeling in my pants see i was doing the thing with the s's there you had to yes it, you had to ruin it with the e I think yeah. it's... Oh wait, has alliteration? Yeah. Maybe. Could be. But right now, so I'm practicing Doom on Nightmare Difficulty, and I, there's just some parts of the game where I just bang my head against the wall, where it's like, I need to know... When, it, when you're playing Doom for the first time, you would start on like a regular difficulty or even a hard difficulty. With those difficulties, you have a margin of error you can work with. Was it? So you can take you can take a couple of hits here and there, but in nightmare difficulty, the imps become incredibly frustrating because they have like supercharged attacks which just annihilate you if you just jump the wrong way, Ooh. and they, and it sort of fucks you up as well because uh, I've you unlock rune trials in the game which basically you do this trial. And if you complete the trial set out before you, then you get a bonus. So, for example, the one that I really like is having better air control. So, mm-hmm. wherever I, I aim my mouse is where my character is moving when I'm jumping through the air. And that is necessary. That is completely necessary in a harder difficulties because you have to swerve out of wave attacks, especially later on in the game, which I'm at. I'm just just about to enter hell again after meeting Samuel Hayden. And there's just so many projectiles being thrown at you, like Revenant missiles, you have Hell Knights just pouncing at you, you have imps and like soldiers just shooting at you. So without that air control, it becomes so difficult because the inertia of your initial jump is pretty much what dictates your direction. You'll end up just jumping straight into a bomb and you'll see it halfway there and go, oh God. This is well, my fate now. I've accepted it. This, my fate has been accepted. But in the higher difficulties, I can't remember if it does it in the lower difficulties, but in the higher difficulties, a imp will charge up an attack, like a fireball attack. And I see that and go, he's aiming for me where I am right now. I'm going to jump out the way. But when he throws his attack, he's actually throwing the attack into the direction and where I've jumped. 
he's fucking debated me debated me hard huh. dead that's that run done <laughs> you in ultra nightmare if you die at all you start from the beginning so that's why i want to get i want to practice more into the nightmare difficulty because if i die that's that's the whole game i have to go through again and just the fact that these like they've changed the ai of the imps to where they're a lot more aggressive they're a lot more unpredictable and in a mixture when you just got little imps like room full of imps after imps after imps literally you just want to hide behind something and cry for a bit because the opposite of what you're supposed to do in doom was the opposite of what doom man doom slayer stands for he is out there and for all right it took me three playthroughs to realize i can just double tap the the double shotgun the sawn off shotgun and it fires both barrels quickly and that just annihilates hell knights yep so things i need to pay attention to in doom is chainsaw the chainsaw is your friend but use it on really like difficult enemies like the mancubuses and shit like that like they annoy me when it gets down to those higher difficulties it almost becomes like mats it's like okay revenants come in i'm going to use one rocket switch to the gorth cannon shoot the gorth cannon switch back to the rocket hit the reaper again revenant again and the revenant's dead so it's rocket gorse rocket all right so now you need to work on that formula okay okay can i reduce it to just two attacks and what weapons would do that i haven't found anything just yet unless i use a gorse cannon and then a double shotgun up close but all these enemies have matters to them on how to kill them quickly and efficiently there's this guy on youtube who does like nightmare runs no hud no nothing he knows where like he's just zipping through these levels not a can in the world he knows where every enemy spawns and when they spawn so he'll be jumping hopping around running left and right and as you just see him turn around do a 180 to fire gorse cannon to which looks like it's at nothing but if you slow down the footage he's actually just went and hit a hell knight so that kind of footage that, that you witness like fuck man like doing that would just feel fucking amazing and it does it really does but i'm getting my ass handed to me at certain points in this game Especially there's some unforgiving areas which like, okay, you got waves and waves and waves and waves of big enemies. Okay, fight's done. Cool. Seconds later, two barons of hell. I've got no ammunition. I thought it was over. Nah. So then I had to go through, when I die, I have to go through the whole entire fight from the beginning. And then I have to go, okay, I need to at least save this ammunition. I need to save the ammunition that's stored here. Pick that up last for when... I finish this fight if I finish this fight without this ammunition to then use it on the Barons of Hell. So it becomes real maths, in my opinion. Same thing with like my favorite game of all time, Resident Evil 2. Kind of comes down to maths, which is like, okay, a zombie will take this many bullets to to kill. Okay, so if I have this many bullets, that means I can kill this many zombies, but which zombies can I avoid? If I get bitten, how much health do I need, etc., etc. And I've done that to a T in the original 1998 Resident Evil 2. In the remake, though, I need plenty more practice in that. 
because the hardcore mode, which actually makes it like even more tense than I thought it could ever do, just oh man. Not to mention, I got some JoJo mods for my Resident Evil 2, so I'm definitely going to be playing through that again. That's absolutely fun. So, considering the similarities in kind of how you're playing them, you reckon you're going to pull a Resident Evil 2 and go for the through the entire round of your Ultra Nightmare playthrough and then die on the final boss of Doom? That's the thing I want to... I mean, like... Twice. we, we twi- I mean, like... Yes, maybe. <laughs> like, if if that does happen, I'd be fuming. I'd be fucking fuming. Nah, because it's, it's not going to happen. I can, t- I can tell you why. Because Kenny isn't streaming it to us, and he's not talking about how great he is at Doom. Mm. That's the point. Yeah, pride comes I mean, before like, the fall. I mean, like, this this is a known, documented event that has happened where I'm like, hey, man, I'm, I'm actually really good at Resident Evil 2 and Bayonetta. And then documented getting my ass pushed in that's fun that's always great mm. but yeah so i've been focusing on doom other than that i'm playing through final fantasy 7 in my final fantasy series playthrough so i'm i'm doing a how can i put it it's like a playing something old something new so all right i started off with final fantasy 10 so that's something newish uh i then went to final fantasy 8 finished final fantasy 8 uh and then i started final fantasy 15 finished final fantasy 15 and now i'm doing final fantasy 7 now everyone that i hear who's played final fantasy 7 speaks of it as if like if final fantasy 7 rocked up to your door with a shotgun asking asking for your firstborn you would hand it over no problems because final okay. fantasy means that final fantasy 7 means that much to you it's like the second coming of Jesus in the gaming world. If you played Final Fantasy VII when it originally released, then I can kind of understand that aspect. Because back then, what Final Fantasy VII did was revolutionary. Like with the whole 3D cutscenes, the the storytelling, the all that sort of stuff. Like it was kind of in the... like. That same sort of storytelling wasn't in the early Final Fantasies, but like four, five, and six had pretty decent stories. And but if you played Final Fantasy VII now, it's just not that good. I mean, it's fine. Like the story is fine. I'm not. I'm not like I don't hate this, but I'm not fucking frothing at the mouth like a mutt dog over how you know the Mako reactors are ruining the God's Green Earth. I'm just like, uh, you know, it's it's dealable. I I do prefer, as kind of weird how Final Fantasy VIII story is. I think Final Fantasy VIII story handled a love story better than Final Fantasy VII, because Final Fantasy VII's love story consists of, hey, there's this girl called Aerith. She's being nice to you. You're both in love. What? <laughs> that it? That that it? She'd be nice to you. And she's like, oh, Cloud, you're so, you're so you. And Cloud, you can choose to be like, yeah, I, I love you. Yeah, or, I'm me. I think canonically, because I was ruined on the major Final Fantasy spoiler, which is that Aerith dies when I was much younger. And so that, that sort of like that shock never really 
came to me when I experienced it. As much as like, wow, okay, this scene is sad. This scene sucks. It's sad. Like, sucks in a bad way. Like, oh, that's upsetting. Still had that. But I wasn't like, oh, my, oh, eh, eh. Like, fucking most of them, the people were. Because I was hitting on Tifa. Tifa's where it's at. Mm. Like, if you don't think Tifa is Cloud's love interest, then you can smoke a bag of dicks. Because Tifa is Cloud's childhood friend. They've been very close since they were children, and they basically grew up together. Oh, that's it. And Tifa's Tifa... a childhood friend. They automatically win. Yeah, and Eris is like, huh, you want a flower? Love me. That's it. So she cast the magic spell, made Cloud fall in love with a single flower. So there's apparently a plot hole in a major plot hole in which uh, Final Fantasy VII has, which like the big scene where Aerith dies. Uh, people are just like, why not get Aerith a phoenix down? And so phoenix down... Hold up. I'll bring up the description. Uh, so Phoenix Down is in Final Fantasy a revive, pretty much. So Phoenix Down's revive down, uh, down in down party members. So five, six, seven. It says restores life. Okay, so that would make kind of sense, but. From what I remember of Phoenix Downs, it's meant to revive a KO'd party member. Aerith isn't KO'd. She fucking dead. Just straight dead? Straight dead. Like, I mean, like, you could debate, like, oh, you know, she'll stab through his stomach. Not really many vital organs around that area. I mean, except the stomach. Yeah. Here you go. (laughs) Effect. Revive KO'd ally. There. Revives in Final Fantasy VII. Revives a KO'd ally with twenty five percent of max HP. Aerith isn't KO'd. She fucking dead. Like pushing it, but she dead. And then there's this theory: is like Cloud really killed Aerith? Here we go. Because, because, so when Sephiroth kills Aerith, uh, Cloud just like, oh no, she's dead. I'll just let her off into the water. Let's her sink into the water and becomes one of the world. People are like, Cloud was like, she got stabbed through the stomach. No vital organs, yada, yada, yada. Cloud was so stricken with grief, he just let her drown, thinking she was dead. I'm pretty sure she would kick up a bigger stink being drowned than just float, not even floating, drowning to the bottom of the fucking ocean. Yeah. So... So there's, there's, there's your big mystery solved. You can thank me later. A but phoenix, that's just a theory. A game d- theory. A phoenix down in Final Fantasy VII will only revive KO'd people, not dead people. Knocked out does not mean dead. That and is, that's it. Yeah, that is also a medical uh, term. Unconscious does not mean deceased. Exactly. So the people. I was going so to fucking say like unconscious does not mean dead conscious, but I'm like that doesn't, that doesn't fucking work. That's not an actual word. No, deceased I mean, was what so I was looking for. Tech- mm-hmm. Technically, you're not conscious when you're dead. True. Technically, that is true, but you are unconscious, meaning 
they would i would assume that would mean there's some consciousness there yeah when you're unconscious there is a chance of you coming back into consciousness hmm. whereas if you're dead you, you you're dead yeah you're fucking dead dead is both a state and status effect wait what but yes so that's that's my week i've been playing doom a shit ton amount like i think i've played something around 20 hours this week Something. I've had free time. I've had free time. You've had three, a lot of free time. And then I did a stream with Final Fantasy VII where I wouldn't end the stream until I rode 20Ks on the exercise bike. <laughs> getting getting okay. healthy. Getting healthy. Getting healthy but playing video but games. But you managed it, and that's the important... Did you manage it? I All right. Let me explain <laughs> my position to the jury. So <laughs> I got the exercise bike for my brother. I'm borrowing it off my brother because he's not using it. And so I was giving it a good, good distance run when I was watching some Netflix. Cool. And then like sometime later in the night, this bright idea goes, how about I do a 20K stream? Like 20Ks doesn't seem that far. I did close to 20Ks before. I could do it again. I get to 16Ks and my ass is fucking sore. That seat is not meant for human consumption. <laughs> it's not meant, it's not meant to be used on for a large period of time unless you've got the most cushiony ass seats that god did gift you but well, no i don't have it my bones i felt it in my bones well human consumption i, I wouldn't i wouldn't be consuming any uh kind of seat what are you talking about seats have the most protein i mean that is that actually hang on if you are contemplating whether that's true or not, you need to get checked. <laughs> I'm contemplating like... You need to fucking get checked. No, there are proteins in every atom. I'm wondering if the composition of materials... I would rather drink... For a I would rather drink a liter of a sweaty man's ass than eat a fucking seat. A bike seat. <laughs> yes, what? a bike seat especially. You heard me. Okay. Mono, how was your week? My week was... Uh, my week was fucking repetitive, actually. Very fucking repetitive. Because the most recent game I've gotten into is... And I actually have to call it up again because I can't fucking remember. Death Garden Blood Harvest. Alright. So, I found this on a YouTube channel. Mm. And I thought, this looks fucking sick. Why does this look familiar? Mm. Turns out it's made by the same people who did Dead by Daylight. Yes, it, it is made by the same people who did Dead by Daylight because they have a formula and the formula ain't broken, so they ain't gonna fucking change what they're doing. They're making bank on it. I didn't really like Dead by Daylight from what I've seen of it. Like, I haven't played it, like, sort of that 1v5 mechanic really isn't my thing. I played a lot of Evolve uh, back when that first came out. And that really didn't work because the the matches were very polarizing. It didn't felt it didn't feel close. Like because either you were playing as the monster and you were either pushing people's shit in or you were getting your shit pushed in. There was no sort of middle ground in between. Yeah, yeah. There was, yeah. So you'd have you'd have instances in the game where you'd knock out one of the hunters and then the other like three would just fuck off. And you can just, like, wail the shit out of them until they were dead. And they get mm. to respawn and come back. But, you know, fucking, you don't get to respawn and come back. Once you're dead, you're out. 
and you really didn't have the health bar to sort of just stand there and just take abuse from three, maybe four people if one of the hunters really didn't give a shit and just sort of fought you forever. Yeah, I've so, seen, like, a couple of games in which, mm-hmm. like, I've seen a couple of streams where people just literally babysit just... Like, this is beginning people playing Dead by Daylight because I was having a look at getting into it because of their release. Like, I'm a big fan of slashes. Like, mm-hmm. fire... Like, um... I was about to say Five Nights at Freddy's. Fuck, no. Fuck. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, nah. Uh, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, I was like, fuck yeah. Like, if they mm-hmm. can get someone like that. And they got um Freddy Krueger in there. They got yeah. Michael Myers. They got some good shit in there. They got Ashley uh, Ashley Williams in there now as their latest character. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That he's also coming to Mortal Kombat 11 as well. Ooh, little, which is little excited. Mu- I I would say it's pretty much confirmed. Yeah. But when I tried Dead by Daylight, I knew I was doing something wrong mm. because I just could not get shit done as a survivor or a murderer. Like I just couldn't get shit done. So I was having a look at some streams and one of the tactics I've seen many people do, like people who are actually good at the game, if they get like a beginner crew somehow, mm-hmm. they'll just babysit one guy. Babysit one guy till he's dead and just piss them off that way. Like people rage quit when that happens. If you babysit someone, they'll just fucking leave the match. Really? Yeah. Like, well, that's what, what I saw. What do, you, what do you mean by babysitting? Like So like the murderer will literally hunt down one person mm. put them on a hook and literally just wait out that hook Jesus. wait out for someone to come and then he'll and then if they get off come grab them again put them on the hook like not really so much kill them just piss them off and people just rage quit okay yeah well from just hearing josh play the game it, it sounds like rage quitting really isn't an un like an uncommon uncommon occurrence yeah, yeah. mm it's, it's something that happens. Something I find um, while I was playing Death Garden, it really helps draw that parallel between um, fucking Dead by Daylight and Death Garden is... Uh, I like... In Death Garden, you don't... F- you're given ranged weapons. You're given guns yeah. as the hunter. So you can shoot people. And that really just... You know, it helps sort of, you know keep the matches consistent a well, bit even keep, well not, not really even i'd say more it keeps the theme of the overall match consistent because like at, at in dead by daylight like if you have a teammate you your teammate can easily communicate to you you know where this killer is at and you know the killer can like from what i've seen like with michael myers like he can only walk yeah like yes he's very slow so if you're all the way on the other side of the map you know with like absolute impunity you can complete the objectives and there's nothing that's going to stop you from do- stopping you from completing those objectives. But in Death Guard and Blood Harvest, the hunter has this ability where they just buff the shit out of their movement speed and they can leap the entire length of the map if they get like a little bit of a running start. See, that would be scary. I would it, sh- shit my pants if oh, that had sort of scary leaping because- antler thing at me. Oh no, it's so fucking fun. The leaping antler one's fucking... Oh, God, it's horrifying because I'm 90% sure it's female, so I'm going to refer to her as a she. Um, she has active camouflage, like straight-up fucking active camouflage, and shooting and doing an electrical pulse does not break active camouflage. Okay, like, and then she's, she's well, how is that balance, though? Uh, because 
whenever she gets near you, there's music. Whether whether you've whether she's got active camouflage or not, all the hunters when they get near you, there's music that plays. And you'll be just sitting there, you're like depositing, you're doing the objective, which is like, you know, gather blood, uh, transport it to these spires, and then use the spires to like send the blood off somewhere and just use that as like a ritual sacrifice you'll just be sitting there just sending the blood away and then out of nowhere it'll be like dun, 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 dun. just sort Jesus. of like that and then just be like what the fuck is going on and just hear gunshots just start appearing out of nowhere fucking lightning's going off you're just like shit what the fuck's going on as you, you shit yourself and you run just absolutely fucking piss bolt the two other people that were with you as well they're just piss bolting all over the place and then out of like out of literally out of thin air this fucking antlered thing just comes out just reloading a fucking dmr just like i'm ready who's next so how many other of these hunters are there you said about the antler one are there any other hunters there's two more there's the inquisitor who's like this big I think it's Jason Voorhees looking motherfucker. No, not Jason Voorhees. Uh, you know Casey Jones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. Him, but replace all his hockey pucks with spikes and then dangle people's heads off those spikes. Hmm. Like that, that big guy there. Like his, like everyone's got their own, all the hunters have their own unique abilities. We'll get to the third one in a bit. But all the hunters have their own unique abilities. Um, Casey Jones's unique ability is he can set up uh, automated turrets. No and, shit. And when they spot you, they just fucking shoot at you. So all he has to do is listen out for when his turrets start shooting at shit, and then he can just piss bolt over and just fuck fuck up whoever they're shooting at. So it's basically like a, so like a detection, early, yeah, a detection plus an offensive ability. Yeah, but you can as the as the scavengers or the survivors or whatever you fucking want to call the meaningless peons, uh, you can shoot. You get like a bow and arrow, so you can shoot and destroy um his equipment you can just shoot and destroy everyone's equipment but uh the antlered chick she doesn't have any equipment because active camo is her ability okay so that. yeah so she's got who's the third one the third one is a guy called the poacher and he comes br- packing a fucking lmg to this party like Jeez. a 105 round lmg and his special ability is mo fucking landmines Oh, that's got to be rough. He st- he can stack... He can keep 10 of them on the map at any given time. They are very hard to spot unless you're specifically looking out for them because they have, like, a white dome that you can only see when I think you're about, like, a meter or so out. So, so if you're running before it's full a little bit too pelt, late. Yeah, so if you're running full pelt at these landmines, you're going to step into them. Like, one landmine isn't going to kill you, but he can have 10, so he can stack three sets of three landmines which is lethal damage on top of each other and or he if could just scatter them around the map for intelligence yeah but there's no he, the landmines don't appear on the HUD so he doesn't know which one's gone off just one's gone off oh he just knows it's gone yeah, off so, but yeah but it's the, the same it's the same logic as um lesion the mini, in the... Rainbow Six Siege like even if you're not the lesion you can tell just through audio cues what direction it went off in yeah, but yeah. So it's um, not really that sound. Ad- yeah, there's no proximity sound. Oh, okay. So you don't. So you, you can, can hear. There's like a lot. There's like a little bit of proximity sound where you can see, like you can hear distance. But after something reaches a certain distance, you can't hear it. Even if the landmines okay. go off outside that distance, you don't know they've gone off. 
and there's no so, HUD, uh, there's no uh, tracker on the HUD to tell you how many landmines you actually have deployed. So for all you know, none of your landmines could have gone off, and you just keep on setting up three landmines, which removes uh, three existing landmines because the landmines are permanent. There's no time on them, but there is a limit to how many you can put out. But wouldn't it come up on his HUD? Like, would he? Does he have a HUD saying how many landmines he has? Yeah, he's got a, a HUD saying how many landmines he has on him that he can put down. Yeah. And that obviously depletes to zero, but it it refreshes all the way back up to 10. So you can have 10 out and 10 on you, but it doesn't oh, tell so you how many out. if a landmine goes off, it doesn't instantly come back into his inventory. He just gets another 10. And if mm. he puts any further down and the 10 haven't gone off, then it just replaces them. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's how he works. Like, I am a little bit enjoying his um, uh, his his equipment because I do stack three landmines on top of each other, especially, like, near... Like, because um, you, you can hide in bushes. The, the scavengers are small enough that when they actually move into the bush, they've, they're almost impossible to see. So what I do is I just put the landmines into the bushes uh, around, like, objective sites. So that way, whenever people are, like, piss-bolting to objectives... Um, the landmines will just catch them. And then all I need to do is if I hear it, I can then proximity sound towards where they are and I can get the execute off. But... He's got to hang close to your landmines though. Yeah, you got to hang close to your landmines. Or you could just, you know, pick one of the other two. That's that's fine. But uh, he's the only one in the game I've seen with a skin, which turns him into the Terminator robot. I did hear about this. Turns him into like a T-100? Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it fucking hell. It's oh, it's scary seeing this metal skeleton just piss bolt at you with a fucking minigun. That's probably the best thing I've seen done with the Terminator license in a very long time. Uh, it's very unfortunate that that is the case. But yes, uh, second thing I've been playing through this week is the rise of that fucking gacha game I play, Fate Grand Order, and the uh, new event that's come out, which is the Oni Gashima event. So I've been slogging my way through that a lot of the stuff is a lot of stuff's like time gated at the moment so i can't really progress very far Mm. so like it's the way this event works is it's split into three sections each one is uh stopped by a demon gate so the first demon gate is um well it was yesterday and the only way the demon gates open is i'm not sure if it's the only way the demon gates open because there's a timer on it it's considered a raid where there's a there's um there's multiple missions you can load into which set the demon's health bar and then the demon has one massive overall health bar i think just before we were doing the podcast the demon was on like 28 squillion health so it's a raid boss yeah it's a raid boss like the demon's overall health bar was about 28 squillion or now is it like 28 squillion health as in like just imagine Mm. that health was zimbabwe dollars or 28 squillion Australian dollar dues. That's 28 squillion Australian dollar dues. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, because what you can do is that you could, um, each one of the demons sort of like missions you can load into sets the demon's health, whether it's like 300,000, 1 million, 3 million, or 6 million. And yeah. all the damage you do to the demon in that time gets added on to the overall health bar. And everyone on the server... Uh, chips away at that health bar. Oh, so it's a it's a mass raid yeah, boss, it's a which everyone's raid invited. Boss. Yeah, everyone's invited to take on the raid boss. 
and I'm sure I'm not sure if the if the gate opens at the end of the timer, but I do know that um defeating the demon opens the gate, and that's how we can go through and proceed on with the next part of the event. So yeah, aside from those two things, and obviously playing Star Wars: The Force Unleashed uh, with you, which has been oh, that's been an eye opener. Fantastic. Mm. We'll just you, everyone will get that when we upload the videos. Yes, but man, so, like. Oh. I know, I know. So, Jaden, how about your week? Uh, my week has involved me being pretty tired, like 90% of the time. But excluding that, um, <laughs> I've done a few things in the last week or so. I've been playing some League of Legends and just hit plat- Platinum 1, which is the highest rank I've ever gotten. And I'm on a oh, bit nice. of a roll, I reckon, in the next week or fortnight. I could hit diamond if I keep going the way I am and I keep actually playing the game. Um, that's that's the main point, yeah. Yeah, that that is the main point. Mm. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, as in... All right, so I'm in one campaign that runs about every yep. three weeks. Yes. Um and then, so that was the first one I ever got into. And then I'm in a second campaign with a bunch of mates that I met from uni. Now, the DMs for Dungeon Masters for both those campaigns play in each other's campaigns. And there is one mutual player that plays in both of them. Okay. And now in the second campaign, uh, one of the players in that one's like, hey, I've been doing some writing and I've had some free time and I really want to run one. So now a good, I think about half the group in the first camp, in that second campaign has gone on to start playing that one. So this is turning into, so now I'm turning three. into a, a soap opera if I ever heard yeah, one. So, so now, now I'm, I'm pretty much playing three. The, the differences are, it's not like every week I've got three different things on. Like I said, um, the first two only happen every third Saturday. So I've got, two sad days on one sad day off covering those two games um this third one's happening every week and then another one at a friend's birthday party i met some people who were like hey we wanted to start running a DD game we were wondering if you were interested (laughs) so that's running every second sunday because i don't know how to say no that sounds. It sounds like Look, a you problem. That's I, the problem you've gotten yourself into. I love playing tabletop RPGs. I have a lot of fun with it. That said, it's a lot of effort, especially since it's probably an average of an hour and a half to two hours travel to each of them. So you got to work for your meal. You got to work for that campaign. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've also seen you've been playing a lot of Risk of Rain too. Well, no, I was at Briar's house and then he came to my place and we played it for eight hours straight in Ooh. one in one day. That's ha- I have played the game for eight hours and it was eight hours straight. How? Uh, all right. So tell us about Risk of Rain 2 because I played the like first it. one. <laughs> I played the first one and the second one seems to share the same mechanics but a different gameplay. All right, so from from what I've heard, I never played the first Risk of Rain, but it's basically a roguelike. The idea is you go around, try and kill enemies to get items. Those items power your character up, like 
like most roguelikes. Uh, this one, if you have played the first Rift of Rain, from what I've heard, it is very similar, except the original one was a 2D side-scroller, and this one's a third-person... Third-person, yeah. Um, 3D. It's a lot of fun. I... Mm. Mm. It's a lot of fun, however... I burnt myself out really (laughs) hard on that game. With eight hours straight play. Like, I can understand our friend Briar. He was a massive fan of the first one, and I've seen him just talk nonstop about the second one. Mm. But eight hours straight. I find that hard to do with any game that's not Resident Evil. Yeah. I, I like to complete games in a single sitting. But usually when it hits the eight, like seven, eight, nine hour mark, I'm like, maybe I should save it and well, call it here. The problem the problem with Risk of Rain is like you don't really have an end. It's kinda like Binding of Isaac mix Call of Duty Zombies. Yeah, mm. that's actually a pretty good way of putting it. Um So it's like the yeah, bonuses but- and benefits you get from Binding of Isaac, but constant wave based uh shooting. Yeah. Yeah, but See, now that you've burned yourself out on it. Like you've put eight, you, you just put eight hours into it. Like you can't refund that on Steam. That's not my problem. Briar bought it for me. <laughs> yes, oh, okay. I, I remember. If you bought when it came out, if you bought it, you get a second copy for free. Ooh. Ah, uh, okay. So he probably had that sitting around. Yeah, I asked him because I was interested in playing. He's like, "Yeah, I'll do it, get around it," and it's nothing. He ghosted me hard. It's fucking super ghost. He was saving that J, saving that J, saving that copy for Jade uh, this entire time. Yeah, so Jade can get burnt out in an eight-hour playthrough. So I know I'd I'd do, would enjoy playing it and you know jumping on occasionally to play a run or two because depending on how well the runs go, I'd say it'd usually take between half an hour and an hour and a half. Assuming you don't just cool. fuck it up right at the start and go for five minutes. Cool. Um, so uh, I see a lot of five-minute playthroughs in my future. Yep, yeah, probably. Um, that's if you buy it or someone buys it for you but I probably won't play it unless someone else like unless Briar invites me to play it into multiplayer or something like that I'm probably not going to play it very much at all even though I enjoyed it it's just eh well it doesn't look like the kind of game in which you could get a lot of uh, game time in a solo run like yeah you can have like a quick run but the main the main selling point of that game is to do it with friends. That's yeah, why they gave you more, a free it's copy. It's more I just get bored if I was playing it solo. Mm. Um, it's like even when I do the Black Ops uh, zombies by myself, like I'm, I've literally got like a movie in the side, like on the side monitor, just watching that mainly rather than playing the zombies. But it's just not as fun by yourself. Yeah, than it, it is it with just people. Isn't. Um. So yeah, other than league tabletop roleplay which I'm doing this entire weekend as well and uh an hour, an 8 hour run of risk and rain risk of rain the only real other thing I've been playing is uh darkest dungeon I've done a little bit off using my current save file of the stop being a bitch estate which translates to Stop playing the game, forgetting about it for two weeks, coming back and go, oh, where was I? I guess I'll just restart. Oh, that's the worst. I'm... That is my life with that game. So, Darkest Dungeon, from what I've heard, from what I've heard is, you know, you need to go around playing the game as usual, leveling up your characters, and the end 
boss dungeon is the darkest dungeon and there are four different missions in a row you can do on in that dungeon to beat the game i've mm-hmm. never beaten the first one and i have 193 hours in this game like <sighs> that's because that's sort of the fate on most of my steam games like i would be playing through it and i'll get a decent way into it to a point where like anyone who came new like if someone was to look over my shoulder where i'm playing they wouldn't understand what the fuck i'm doing so then I would save the game there and then just forget about it. And then two Completely weeks later or a month or two later, you come back and go, oh, where was I? Oh, it doesn't really feel right to just keep going. Yes. So I'll restart 100%. It. I was like, I'm just going to restart it because I'm, I'm not used to controls. You know, my mechanics aren't as, uh, as tight, et cetera, et cetera. Like I, I almost had this with Final Fantasy X-2 because I, I got it on Vita, so I'm playing through it, and then, okay, cool, got really fucking into it, really hard into it. And then since it's on my Vita, sort of really easy to just put aside and forget about it. And then I forgot about it for a long time. And then I log in, I'm like, fuck yeah, all right, let's see what I've got. And literally, I have just no idea what the fuck I'm meant to do because I can't really find like an objective screen nor do I know what my character... I'm trying to build my characters to. So I'm just like, where the fuck do I go? What the fuck do I do? I guess I'm starting again. I think I've started Final Fantasy X-2 three times now. Except yeah. this time I'm actually sticking to it. Like I'm putting like an hour or so in the night just to make sure that I am keep going with it. Yeah, you make sure I you eventually play like at least an hour a week. So you play just enough that you don't forget where you're at and you can keep running the same file. Exactly. Because right now, I feel like I owe it to Titus. Titus? 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 Titus. From Final Fantasy X. I think I owe it to him that I complete X-2. Even though I'm not a big fan of the combat, the story is quite fucking weird. Where it's just like, hey, look, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but this this is going to happen. I guess I will solve it with dance. And we shall dance, and we shall dance. And that is, I kid you not, they, they are solving problems with dance. It is the end of Guardians of the Galaxy all over again. It's better. Oh, okay. Because I can make my girls dance and slaughter millions. Ooh, that is better. So yes, so I, I, I completely empathize with Jaden with the fact like once you pick up a game and then you leave it for too long, you just you, it just doesn't feel right to continue from there. You feel like you're an outsider looking in to someone else's save file where like you've watched them play for a bit and it's like I I should probably start by my I should probably start again. That's well, you know, it. Only right. sucks because That's I fit exactly said. into that. That said. I did, uh, about two or three weeks ago, I did start picking up Monster Hunter World again, which I hadn't played in, like, four months. So, of course, I stomped my way through everything I tried to do <laughs> for the first probably three days. Mm-hmm. Because somehow I just, I'm like, oh, I don't remember the controls. I'll walk in, fiddle around with it a bit. Five minutes in, I'm like, I know exactly what I'm doing. And on Monday, I did complete the kind of task I was setting myself out to do, which is I now have a fully upgraded... I now have every fully upgraded dual blade that is in the game. 
Oh, you weeb, you. <laughs> I was going to say, I had the complete opposite effect when I tried Monster Hunter long ago because of the Witcher uh, expansion, not Witcher expansion, Witcher Collaboration. DLC that came out. I'm like, fuck yeah, I love the Witcher. I'll get into this. Holy shit, I did not know how to do things again. I'm sitting there fumbling potions, forgetting to sharpen my sword, getting my ass absolutely handed to me by this monster. And then I've just put the controller down. I just went, not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> and you completely missed the Witcher event. I missed the Witcher event. Not necessarily. I'm pretty sure the Witcher event, like the regular lesson, is a permanent special assignment because it's not an event it is a special assignment so i'm pretty sure it's it is permanent yeah uh well that one there the uh ancient lesson on the other hand we all missed because we didn't actually manage to kill it in time yeah well if no, fucking, i didn't miss it i if, looked at it tried it once and went i am not at all prepared for this and just didn't try it again i tried it three it, times and i'm like wow everyone here is remarkably terrible <laughs> including like, you no like I was of barely course, getting of course hit. It of wasn't course not. You. No, because I'm a. <laughs> listen here. I'm a longsword main, and the one thing I do is foresight strike. That's that's the one thing I do, just to avoid as much damage as possible. And well, holy shit, you cheese it. I che- I was cheesing it like straight up. I was cheesing. It. I was using the foresight strike with the longsword to cheese out damage, and I was timing it perfect every time. And if it was just me. I reckon I could have gone on long enough that I would have timed out. I definitely wouldn't have killed it, but I definitely would have timed it out. Except well, three other people were in there with me. And like I I prefer a playstyle that is hyper aggressive. And man, I'm I was actually sitting there like, hey, can you guys actually just calm down a bit? Like just really, a bit. that. Yeah. Were they like retards flinging swords or were they just more aggressive than you? No, no, they were they were fucking they there wasn't that much skill in their combat style, but they were definitely well, like, more aggressive than they should have been. Like, when the Leshen started, you know, doing its particular, you know, move set and attacks, like, it has one attack where it would swipe its hand along the ground and raise up tree branches. It had a fairly, it had a fairly sizable wind-up to that attack. And generally, you're supposed to back off. I didn't have to back off because, like I said, I foresight strike like a fucking god that I am. Uh, there were no other longsword users in the party. There was, I think, one guy using a sword and shield, which was the Geralt's Geralt's sword and shield. Uh, Mm. Someone using an insect glaive and someone else using a hammer. And I'm standing there like, all right, I'm getting ready to fucking force strike strike this shit. And I see these three idiots just charge past me. I'm like, well, what are are you guys doing? You don't have foresight strike. They're doing their job the best they can. And that was my second experience with the hunt because all three people carded immediately and during the mid-foresight strike animation, uh, just fucking the the quest failure thing came up. Grand. Yeah. So was that so was that your week, Jaden? Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Alright. Well, I think we might just jump into some news then. Ooh, which news. we have so I've just pulled a couple of articles out, which has certainly caught my attention. I read fir- one of those articles. The first one of these articles. Farming Simulator League mode includes band phase, power plays, and a hint of gambit. So Farming Simulator has gone into esports or is trying to get into esports. 
I tried to read that article, but you linked fucking PC Gamer, and they had something much more relevant to my interest show up. Well, basically, the first one was a article from Rock Paper Shotgun, uh, basically going over that uh, Farming Simulator is now introducing an esports mode, and the PC Gamer has an article in which they explain a little more in depth about what happens in this uh, esports mode. So, basically, with the esports mode, it's a free v free, uh, red mm. team versus blue team. Uh, no shit, uh, you pick and ban tractors. You well, can pick yeah. and ban tractors. Isn't the game like based around the sort of tractor you pick? It's based around farming. Well, yeah, but like the tractor you pick obviously plays like a massive part in the early game, which could definitely help people get ahead. So, like you would see, I know a lot of professional players would be coming into the ring. Maybe they're bl- uh, maybe they're banning the uh, the John Green sort of tractor maybe it's got like you know increased john mobility deere, you john uncultured deere. fuck john deere john green i don't know john deere makes green tractors so that's yeah um, oh, you're close mr I'm swordsman close. long swordsman you're so close i'm so close but yeah so like basic they have a pool of tractors in which people ban tractors and then they pick from this pool of tractors they also get uh power plays so mm-hmm. i'm i'm not sure if you can if, if it's a pick and ban or power plays, all I know is you can pick uh, some power plays, which include uh, power plays like the chip tuning, which accelerates faster, uh, accelerate faster, I'm guessing, with your uh, tractors, under pressure, which is presses bales faster. So basically, the little, little buffs you can get. Mm. So you pick your tractors, you pick your power plays, and then you go straight into a separate map altogether which is all set up for this esports stuff now the most interesting part about this is you there they have one two three four five six seven eight it's about like nine or ten tractors on these pads uh blue team and red team both have access so blue team has nine tractors on their side red team has nine tractors on their side but the the catch is the catch is whoever reaches the tractor first will get access to that tractor and then the tractor on the other side will be deactivated oh okay so they have to run down and get the tractors first so they are the same tractors they're just all lined up and they're gonna they are different tractors they are all different yeah i know they're all different tractors but they're all the same tractors for both red and blue team yes same tractors so whoever grabs it first on their side deactivates it for the opposing side yes that's Which is pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Uh, I believe if you get, if you manage to get all six tractors, it's an instant win. Ooh. Oh, but, I suppose yeah. it would be because they don't have any tractors. <clears throat> yeah, true. So the main thing of the game is to get, I'm pretty sure it's wheat or hay or bale stuff, and you load it up into a barn. So when you load up the tractor bale into a barn you get a multiplier. The higher multiplier your team gets, I think the slower your... So the higher your multiplier gets, I think the slower... I, I think it's either your team or their team, the conveyor belt for the bale goes slower. If you've got max uh, bonus, like max whatever points you have, 
the enemy's team's tra- um, conveyor belt will stop completely. So mm. you're... But it's like a power struggle, like a tug of war between the bonuses. So if you hold the max bonus, then their conveyor belt stops. So they have to try and work to get some bonus on their side to get their conveyor belt working again. Mm. So, uh, so And basically, whoever gets to more hay wins. So Farming Simulator is now esports ready before PUBG. Yeah, we live in this timeline now. I like this timeline. This timeline's great. I like, own Farming Simulator. I un I unironically do enjoy Truck Simulator. Like I love that shit. I loved it back in high school. Like we would used to pass around a uh, a totally legit one hundred percent legal copy of uh truck of Euro Truck Simulator uh two on a USB around uh, my high school at around year I think it was year twelve. So instead of uh, studying for my VCE. I was um, carting stuff around Europe in a truck. So I, I I went on a binge with Euro Truck Simulator 2. I've got 26 hours on record and I've downloaded a shit ton of workshop mods. But it is one of the most relaxing shit ever. So I can understand people getting into Farming Simulator. I don't understand how people can get into Farming Simulator competitively. How? Like, someone has to sit there and get really good at farming and i bet you people out there going why don't you just become a farmer yeah but that requires physical effort of me getting out of my chair and me purchasing with real money this tractor when i can purchase a fake tractor with fake money and sit in my comfy air-conditioned chair not out in a field that smells of horse shit and you know plow the fields all right so the prize pool for this uh, farming simulator esports competition, I think it's two hundred fifty thousand euros. Or what the fuck is this song? Four hundred and three thousand nine hundred seventy-five Australian dollars. That's Sorry, just repeat that number again. I was watching the um, I was watching the farming simulator Steam trailer for Farming Simulator nineteen. The, that reminds me, I've got a trailer to show you about sh- bass fishing after this. This this trailer hypes up fucking farming so much. Like, yeah. One of us just like, it's like this fucking pop rock soundtrack going on. It's like, you can now tend to animals and ride horses. And I'm sitting here like, yeah. They yeah. aren't fucking around. <laughs> they just aren't fucking around. So the total prize pool for the farm 2019 farming simulator esports is four hundred and three thousand dollars nine hundred and four hundred three thousand nine hundred seventy five dollars or for any american listeners out there that is two hundred and eighty three thousand two hundred and nineteen dollars for farming if like they get a good slice of that pie like Hey, Jaden, do you uh, yeah do you remember our good friend Nelson? Well, well, yes. this is totally relevant to do with farming. You remember his um his little side project that he said he was working on? Literally, the only thing I remember at Nassau was he was a good artist, and we spent an entire afternoon of TAFE talking about Nazi World War Two experiments. That was with he was so there. That wasn't with Nelson. He, yeah, Nelson was there, but that wasn't with Nelson. So Nelson. <laughs> has this side project that he's doing which is 
he's getting um he wants to rack up as many hours as he can on professional farmer 2014 he's okay. currently uh, he just he just popped up on steam and i'm just like oh, that's a little relevant uh he's currently got seventeen thousand hours Ooh. in that game now the big question is is it how much of that is afk the entire i i think he genuinely because, played it at the start but because ever having since... seventeen thousand hours when like ten thousand of them are afk not that impressive so yeah, you've really I... got seven thousand hours in a game which is yeah it's fine i mean i've yeah. got like four thousand hours in counter-strike mm. but how much is that if it is afk not a lot not a lot so that's i've been that's playing counter-strike cool. for a long time yeah like i've got over like a thousand hours in warframe and that most of that is active playtime. I'd say like about a hundred hours is hey AFK. Time. Hey, we're free people. Why don't we join the farming simulator esports league? Yeah, we can do that. I don't want to. <laughs> and then you don't want to farm. Bitch. You don't want to farm some games. Right, this is my opinion on plant on some it. money trees. Good, yeah. good fucking on them. Like good on them. However, I don't give a shit personally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that it. Is, but it's money. That's fair. We could be planting some goddamn money trees. Yeah, and who knows? You might actually Shake enjoy it. fucking money farming trees simulator. That You're just not willing to give it a chance. Money trees Correct. that shake out copies of Farming Simulator is the best tree. Because mm. it provides more trees. Oh, that's great. So good on, good on, no, good on um, Farming Simulator for getting up there. Yeah. So a second. So this is this second one. Not so much. It is a news uh, a news thing, but it's more of a public service announcement. Mm. Uh, Final Fantasy's official soundtracks have finally, finally been released on Spotify. Finally, they they are a bitch to find. Well, initially they are a bitch to find because they're, they're hitting with fucking. Well, all you have to do up. is look right up Final Fantasy official. Like if you type in Final Fantasy music. You just get tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of covers because they've been existing there for a very long time. So you have all these covers living there for a very long time and then Final Fantasy finally brings out some tracks, like brings out some official albums. Only problem is uh, they seem to have maybe three or four albums focused around Dissidia, not one album around Final Fantasy X-2, which has my like favorite final fantasy track eternity memories of light and waves now i fucking love that song it's an absolutely beautiful song it's in the intro of final fantasy 10 10 2 and mm-hmm. uh unfortunately uh square enix just decided not to upload or probably doesn't even have access to final fantasy 10 2's musical soundtrack which is has a fair decent amount of good songs on it as well so you're so, going to be hunting down that for your own personal listening. Well, I basically just download it onto my phone because Spotify is not going to play nice. But I like the the other music that they do have there is a, like they have I think two albums for Final Fantasy 15 ranging like close to 120 tracks. Jeez, like, all they've right. got they've got a lot of stuff on there. Like, a stupid amount of Final Fantasy, now official music. Unfortunately, like, I'm not too sure if the tracks that I had were just translated from Japanese to English, but most of the tracks 
in these albums are named in Japanese characters. So I can't really, like, I have to sit through and listen for them all. But still, it is a godsend that they finally released uh, Final Fantasy soundtracks onto Spotify because it has been some time. Some time. It's been some time. We've been waiting. Welcome home. Uh, Bono, this one is right up your alley. Yes. Sorry, Alex. Is it? Oh, yep. Right. Yeah. Pokemon Sword and Shield Legendaries and release date has been revealed. Yee! I would be keen so, about that, but I don't have a Switch. So. No, I have a Switch. He has a Switch. I have a Switch. I, I saw so, the press release. So he, he saw the press release. I so, saw that press release. Um, Pokemon the and Legendaries. Outside. The Legendaries. Uh, Zakian. Is that how I'm pronouncing it right? Z a c i a n. Z- and Zamazenta. Zamazenta, yeah, Zamazenta. You are pronouncing correct. So Zamazenta and Zakian. Sure. So Zakian's the Sif. dog with the sword. Yeah, is Sif. Sif. Yeah, it's Sif. And, uh, he's a hundred percent Sif, just Sif. looking a lot more majestic. Yeah, it, it's it's just a more it's a more fluffy HD anime Pokemon Sif. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, but, but as, as, as a counterpoint, you can never beat someone whose beard is so fabulous it can actually block weapons. Coming uh, up. Well, the other isn't the other one the the shield Pokemon a dog a dog with a beard mane that's actually a shield. shield. And uh, I think yeah, yeah, yeah I one's think a, that's it. The mane is a big shield. Yes, yes. yes but so the legendary, can, legendary is a fucking cold. If you can block water. bullets with your shield with your beard, you win by default. That's mm, bullets. That's bullets. <laughs> when is there a gun no... has there ever been a gun in Pokemon history there was a gun in Pokemon in one of the old episodes of Pokemon it was banned and censored in for the four kids version which was obviously released over here in the United oh, to the United States but we are classed as the United States region because we get all our shit through four kids uh, there was a Pokemon version which Ash went to a safari park and a gun was pulled on him I am cool. unclear of the reason why the gun was edited into the episode because I have not seen the episode with it being banned but I believe that the park ranger probably assumed that Ash was there to maybe steal the Pokemon. Um, Motherfucker. So from memory, I don't know the actual story of the show that happened there, but I do remember the actual writers of the show pulling that episode and going, we're not going to be doing it again. We don't want guns in Pokemon canon. Hmm. It's a lighthearted thing. I guns thi- are in Yu-Gi-Oh canon. It's a lighthearted thing that, you know, we, we want all conflicts to be resolved by ultimately harmless Pokemon battles. And then, yeah, in Yu-Gi-Oh, you got Kaiba being so rich and fabulous that he's blocking the hammer of a gun on his head with a playing card. Yeah. <laughs> he He's able to flick a... Um, I forgot what card... A, a exactly Yu-Gi-Oh what card, card. It, was. it was. But it was a card. He flicked a Duel Monsters card, because that's what it's called in canon, not a Yu-Gi-Oh mm-hmm. card, a Duel Monsters card, into the um hammer of the gun stopping it from firing but that hammer was pulled someone was gonna die tonight someone was gonna kill kaiba there was also another episode where two people burst into the room and point their guns at kaiba and he's just like straight up kaiba style doesn't give a fuck in the four kids version they edited out the gun so there's just two people running into the room and pointing their fingers at kaiba have you this seen is awkward. the the four kids edited um when four kids edited the gun out of oh, one piece 
and it turned into that fucking spring-loaded <laughs> hammer. Yes, yeah. everyone's seen that. I, I reckon I would have actually gotten into One Piece if four kids hadn't censored the shit out of it. But because they had, I found the whole show more ridiculously stupid than what was intended. So I just didn't get into it. Besides, I was more of a Dragon Ball kid anyway, so One Piece really wasn't for me. But back on topic, back on motherfucking Pokemon. So fucking legendary Pokemon are cold water, right? They're fucking, that's fucking weak shit. We knew legendary Pokemon were coming. Legendary Pokemon come with every fucking version of the game. What we're hyped for right now is their motherfucking Dynamax battles. Dynamax. That's what's got my fucking rock oh, solid. Oh, that's right. There's like super giant Pokemon raid battles. No, 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 no. That's, hold up, hold up. That is before, true. Before we go on, mm-hmm. Bandai Namco has put out a cheeky tweet Ooh. of uh, Sif the dog in a fight saying, if you're going into battle a legend, then make sure to bring a big enough shield. Wink, wink. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, Bandai Namco is tweeting... Uh, some mad fire, I think. <laughs> I'll, I'll post the image in the chat. But, All right. Uh, yeah, so Bandai Namco tweeted out a picture saying, if you're going to battle a legend, make sure you bring a big enough sword. Big enough sword. Big enough... Oh, true. Yeah, I don't but know yes. why, this, why the wolf legendary had to actually just, you know, be carrying a sword in its mouth, why its mane couldn't be a fucking sword. That would have been actually like. I think that would have been very inconvenient for the dog. Yeah, that would have been very. Is the fucking shield not inconvenient for that dog? Yeah, but like the shield isn't gonna stab itself. Not true. So what is this 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 thing that your your pants are growing tight over? All right, so Dynamax Pokemon, as described in the press release, are um, it's a way of uh, you know how Mega Evolution works in Pokemon. Yeah. Something like that, but instead of evolving into like a new form, the Pokemon just become fucking giant kaiju, and all of their attacks become like max attacks. And okay. all of the gyms in the new region have like been based around the Dynamax uh, sort of mechanic. So all the oh, gyms okay. are these massive fucking stadiums, and all the gym leaders have like these Dynamax Pokemon. Which is obviously yeah, the last I, Pokemon I see you. this massive Dynax battle, which is a Raichu versus a Gyarados. Yeah, that's the, that's the sort of shit we're looking forward to. But uh, the Dynamax transformation will last three turns. So you have three turns to absolutely just fucking Destroy obliterate me. shit with damage. Also, there is uh, now co-op raids in Pokemon as well, which is the Dynamax raids, where you can go out into some wilderness kind of area and you can fight like super god tier Dynamax Pokemon and just try and catch them there. Like, I'm legit fucking hyped for this because it's the newest fucking thing I've seen come out of Pokemon. And I like it when Pokemon tries new stuff. Like, Mega Evolution, I wasn't too keen on. Z moves, yeah, I'm like, hey, that's pretty nice. This Dynamax shit, I'm like, this is fucking wicked. Like, even if it's just scaling the Pokemon's model up, for some reason, I'm fucking hyped for this. Are my standards slipping, or am I just stop ca- stopping well, caring in my old sure age? I'm not sure because I would consider myself a casual Pokemon fan, mm-hmm. but I did not like Pokemon Sun or Moon that much. Uh, I think did I. it. I think it overcomplicated Pokemon in some way, as well as making it very simplified. Like everyone- that's an oxymoron. So in some things they overcomplicated it, in some things they made it really easy. Like, okay. 
I'm pretty sure all my Pokemon just leveled up at the same time. Oh, right, yeah. That was the, um, you get an experience share that affects all of your Pokemon. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I got that, like, right up at the front door. I, I'm sure it's, like, right at the front door. I know you get it really early on. Yeah. And, yeah, so coming that, that from sort of, that sort older of... games, that sort of will make it much easier. But it, it yeah. sort of, it stops you having that, what your starter Pokemon being your, like, level 30 like level 40 thing you throw out and then your next Pokemon is like a level 12 Pidgey. It's, I mean, it I can, stops I can, that happening. I can understand that to a degree, but the good thing about the original Pokemon when you didn't have that XP share is that you had to use them. Mm. Like you had to vary it up. You had to get like connected with your Pokemon. You had to go out there and have to make it your friend. And that's yeah. how Hitmonlee became my number one favorite Pokemon of all time, full stop the whole shop because he Tell was us. my he was a pokemon i downloaded down i downloaded fuck me the pokemon because the first pokemon game i ever played was i'm pretty sure did you trade for him you beat the uh you beat the martial artist and you're like i'll take the hitmon hitmon lee i can't remember how i got him mm-hmm. all i know is i got him and i'm like that design is fucking cool and then I just stuck with him and he just happened to roll face everywhere and he and he was my main Pokemon. Hitmonlee. The fucking... Hitmonlee. The Springlim Bean. Yes. Who can extend his leg like triple its length. Man. Oh, shit. What was... What was mine? Fuck. Because the first, the first Pokemon game I got into was the Hoenn region. And like none of the Pokemon really spoke to me there. Because, like, your starting Pokemon was a gecko. Because they can't speak of... English. Well, no, none of them really had that sort of appearance on me. Like, fucking, like, oh, this is the sickest Pokemon ever. It's like, because, like, your starting options were a chicken, a a gecko. A chicken, a gecko, and a fish. Like a, like a fucking mud slapper fish. Hmm. I picked the mud slapper fish because I'm like, eh, fucking might as well. I saw the meme. Fucking everybody likes mud kips. So I, I, picked, the, I picked it off the meme. I'm like, let's do this. Me me and my boy Mudkip. And then we came up to the electric gym and I'm like, well, this is it. Game over. I'm trying to get my shit pushed in. Fucking rock up to the gym. Lightning Pokemon does shock. It doesn't affect Marshtop. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Check out Marshtop's stats. He's water and ground. Yeah. Crazy. They're he's, breeding. They're crossbreeding something fiercely. He's totally like immune to all electric attacks. So I shit stomp that gym. However, then you come against grass and get one shot by Razor Leaf. Yeah, pretty much. It's fucking just rock up to some level three Bulbasaur. All it knows is Vine Whip. Fucking bitch slap the shit out of my level 100 Swampert. Ah, dead. Ah, fuck. So other than than the the Dynamax, Mm. Dynamaxing battles and the two legendaries, anything else noteworthy from the direct? Um... It's not as... From what I can remember from the Direct, like, nothing other than that sort of Dynamax stuff really went off. Because they really sold that Dynamax shit really, really hard. And they didn't really reveal a lot out of the Direct as well. But nothing they've announced has been, like, quite as groundbreaking as, like, the shit they pulled in, um... How was it? Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu? Because nobody, absolutely nobody, liked the catching system. In Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. Yeah, because it wasn't randomized anymore. You can see them out in the field. No, 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 not that part. People love... Uh, I love that part. I'm not sure if people love that part. I absolutely fucking love that part. What nobody liked 
was the oh, fact the that Pokemon it was like go playing Pokemon Go. Like, okay, I play yeah, Pokemon I remember Go. That. There's, there's no battles, it's just catch No, no there's it. battles. But Is not, there? not... There's certain Pokemon you battle. Like, you battle the legendaries, and then you have a chance to catch them. You battle Snorlax, and then you have a chance to catch it. But Snorlax can just up and fuck off whenever he wants. So it's not really a battle. Because it doesn't like, sound like Snorlax. No, because, like, I think it was... It was Suki who was playing it. And he goes, like, oh, as soon as I beat uh, fucking Snorlax... I was able to... Ca- I was, it then said, okay, try, catch him. He's scrolling through to, to go from Pokeball to Ultra Ball, and as he's crossing Great Ball into Ultra Ball, Snorlax runs, and he loses his chance. Jesus. That ain't fair. Yeah, I'm like, that's so fucking stupid. <laughs> that's so fucking dumb. It shouldn't be a thing. But yeah, like, I play Pokemon Go. I, I'm one of the many people that still play Pokemon Go. Yeah, it's still around. Like that's yeah. the thing. I've met a few people. Who's like, There's yeah, a fucking I'm, community. The, the day term on they use is pogos. They're pogos. pogoers. Fucking, that's so dumb. It's retarded. But I like, know. wait, pogos like the stick? Nah, Pokemon Go. We just fucking just say Pokemon <laughs> Go. What are we trying to save time here? No, just it, it, it confused yeah. me a lot. I was confused and hurt my confusion. Yep, you hurt yourself and your confusion. Yeah, but like, there's a community event on tomorrow. And it, it's a monthly thing. So me, Suki, and some other guys, we're going to go, we all meet up and we all go fucking play Pokemon for like three hours. We get some exercise in, then we go out for dinner and then we come home. And that's that's the community day for us. And like, we mm-hmm. really only play on the community day. But that's, oh, well, whenever I have to walk somewhere, like whenever I have to walk up to the shops or whenever I have to go to do some banking or stuff, like I walk the whole way there. So I'm just like, I might as well just take out Pokemon Go. And I just, you know, take a few gyms on the way, fucking spin a few Pokestops, catch some shits. It's, it's, it's a time killer. It's just something to do while I'm walking. Hmm. Yeah, so that's all I play Pokemon Go for. What I don't want is I don't want that shit in my fucking mainline Pokemon games. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how they do this. I'm hoping they would go They've back gone back to, to the normal system. Okay, that's good. They've gone back to the normal one, like 100%. No one liked that fucking shit. But it's, I am glad that Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu did come out, and they did trial it in those two spin-off games. So they didn't come than, into the main series? Yeah, so it didn't come into the main series, rather than just being like, oh, we're introducing Dynamax and Pokemon Go catching. But apparently, I read, an, I read a post somewhere that um, a lot of kids nowadays, because they haven't really gotten into Pokemon like the original mainline titles, they've gotten into Pokemon Go and Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu is helping them, you know, bridge the gap across. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's actually pretty cool. Like, if it's if it's if Pokemon Go and Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu are helping, you know, the next generation of Pokemon fans, you know, sort of like make that transition from, you know, mobile to like semi-mobile, which yeah i'll be calling it semi-mobile which is the let's go and then mainline like i've got no problem with that that's that's actually pretty cool that's a very good way to sort of update you know new fans bring new fans who are coming in because a lot of the people who played pokemon like they're old enough to have kids now like some of them do have fucking kids yeah it's true and so like if they're playing pokemon go and this new pokemon title came out they'll be like oh it's just like pokemon go we play pokemon go together and it's like, well, if you like this, just wait till the next Pokemon mainline title comes out. You'll love it. So that sort of shit there. And like, I've really got nothing negative to say about that. That's that's pretty creative from a business standpoint. And that's really that's really wholesome from a from a gamer standpoint. So that's that's really positive. I, mean, I really do like what they've done there. 
So is that is that the main points from the direct? Yeah, that's the main points from the direct. Keep your eyes peeled for Dynamax. That's going to be fucking dope as shit. Uh, they also said they're working on a few new other things at the end of the direct. So you know, keep your eyes peeled. I don't know if they're going to be at E three. Peel, peel them, peel them eyes back. Gaze uh, unto the pokey void. Well, yeah, I, and the raids, also the raids. Alrighty. Well, I think that will be about it for the news. But so, I want to cover my news. What news do you have? Destiny Two is going free to play and moving to Steam. Yes. Okay, we'll go about that. Yes, Destiny 2 is going free-to-play and moving to Steam. It's also getting cross-saved, so everyone who wants to stop playing like a filthy console peasant and come join our PC Master Race, uh, you can do that now. And you can also bring your character across, because ever since Activision split... No, Bungie split with Bungie Activision. Bungie split with Activision. Bungie split with Activision. Uh, Bungie is now able to explore total creative freedom, no longer being tied down Which to that Activision weird. bullshit. So Bobby Kotick can suck my fucking dick. It's kind of weird how Bungie now have this sort of freedom. I would have, I would have think like, okay, we're no longer under the crutch of Activision, but I would feel that there would have to be some sort of contract. We're only throwing fifty percent of the shit now. It's Blizzard Activision. Come on. Yeah, true. I'm kind of. It's also kind of weirded how um, Activision just let Blizzard go. Like they were reporting, oh. Uh, Activision let Blizzard no Activision let Bungie go mm. like reporting oh Bungie's not making as much money as we initially hoped it's like you're still making a fuck ton of money yeah. it's not enough so, we'll let, so we're fine we've let them go like oh Jesus Christ good it's- good fucking good absolutely 100% only fucking the gamers good. can win gamers yep. unite Game, gamers unite gamers stand up Bobby Kotick can suck my fucking dick straight up that is crazy I hate that so is that it uh, yeah that's it I mean aside from you know the updates they said uh, that Shadowkeep is a standalone expansion. The new raid will take place in the Black Garden. Armor 2.0 is going to double down on the stats. Uh, Cross save is coming to Google Stadia, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. There will be a renewed focus on PvP. Exclusives are no more, according to Bungie. So all weapons, armor, maps, and activities will be the same across all platforms. Xbox players rejoice because now you get all the shit. And usually... Um, the fucking DLCs would be about forty or fifty dollars Australian. It is now down to thirty-five dollars, but I don't know what that is in Australian, so it's probably like I don't know, forty bucks Australian. Forty, forty bucks. 40, Somewhere around yeah, there. Thirty-five, forty bucks Australian, which is, you know, cheaper, a lot cheaper than what it used to be. Because I remember the annual pass, um I think it was like you had to pay like sixty or eighty dollars for like two bits of DLC. Yeah, the whole Yeah. The, the, the collective thing they're going it's like hey look content's been removed from the game and we're going to sell it back to you as DLC this is like yeah. out the door destiny yeah terrible but Shadow, it says here Shadowkeep will sell for $35 which will include the first season of new content following Shadowkeep's release and as of today all previously released Destiny 2 content and the base game but that's the base game is free good. yeah that's for $35 I fell out of Destiny ever since um, that shit tier raid, Leviathan. I don't understand how people thought it was fucking good. Like, the first raid, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I can't wait for the second. No, the second raid is like, oh, we're going back to the Leviathan. At that point, then I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? We're yeah, going you gotta love the Leviathan. You're Leviathan going back to sounds Leviathan. like an amazing name for a Yeah, raid. so, like, I didn't quit my Destiny 2 clan. I just sort of gave up my core spot. I was no longer, you know, cons- like, fucking gave a shit. You were benched. Um, I was I benched myself. I straight up said, you know what, give my spot to someone else. I'm done. I'm fucking done playing paying fifty bucks every three months to keep playing with you guys. 
I'm, I'm fucking It is out. an expensive I, habit indeed. Yeah. I've, I'd rather spend that 50 bucks on rolling the gacha because I'd get more enjoyment out of that piece of shit than I would out of this. Ooh. That says something. That says something, definitely. Yeah. That I was not enjoying Destiny in the slightest. But now that it is $35, you hear that? You hear that? 30, 35 schmackers? All right, for Destiny 2, which is free, and all previously released expansions? I'm on that shit. I'm willing to give it another chance. Yeah, I think I might pick it up as well. I have it right now, but I don't have mm. any of the expansions or stuff, so I might pick up this new DLC and give it a good shake at a source bottle. Yep, and the fact that it's on Steam and not on the Epic Store, gamers, we win again. We win. We're beating the system. Oh, yeah, 100%. Epic Store, fuck, yeah. fuck off. Yeah, Epic Store is a bit of a story in itself. Mm-hmm. But should we go on to our topic of tonight? We should go on to our topic of tonight because we've been here for, what's this? Like, an hour and a an half. An hour and a half. Yeah. Let's go. What's so, our topic? So, uh, I, me, myself, have given these two, plus myself, a mission. And the mission is to make pick out a game and pick out a game which is something that you would consider that they should play before you die. So, pick a game that someone should play or you the listeners should play before you die and we're here to sell this idea to sell the game to you in a sense it's like we're marketing for the people but they just don't know it so mm. if you want to sponsor us you know where we are oh yeah oh yeah we are we are open to sponsorships so I'll, i was going to do like a like a set list like we should pick out free each but since this is just sort of like a project not a project this is a prototype one we'll just pilot. stick with one yeah pilot I, I like prototype prototype sounds better Unless the definition tells me otherwise, then fuck you, definition. Fuck you, English language. You suck anyway. Yeah. It's but I love like you. you. a phobia of words or something. Oh, fuck off. You're the <laughs> one. No, I'm not even going to get into that. That was, that was an entire hour. An, an hour entire, lost. Yeah, that was an hour lost. That was so dumb. So I decided to go, hey, just pick one game from a list of games that you believe we should play before we die. So I mm. will start off. Okay. And my game... You've been fucking game, hinting at this game for so fucking I've been, hint, I've been hinting this game at Alex for a bit and been teasing him with some ideas. I don't even know if he knows if this game exists or if he's... Play, I doubt he's played this game, but it is an amazing game. So have you heard of the developers Friction Games? I have not, no. They are the people who made Amnesia. I have heard of that game, yes. So they made the game Amnesia Dark Descent, very popular game. Mm-hmm. And then they made Amnesia Machine for Pigs, not a good game. And then they came out with this amazing game called Soma. Ooh. So Soma is a survival horror game made by Frictional Games. It was a tease at an E3, I think, early 2014. Mm-hmm. And the final product which came of it looks almost nothing like the e3 trailer they had you can download that e3 gameplay but it's just not around but soma is a i would say sort of like a psycho psychological or also a uh, decent first person survival horror game set in the aspect from a character named simon uh, simon gets called in to get a brain scan because he had a car crash, he had a brain injury, and basically he has uh, not a lot of time to live in a, in a sense because uh, his brain's, you know, damaged. 
gets his brain scan, instantly wakes up on this unknown, unknown area, kind of like almost alien-like. Turns out, and I'm going to warn everyone, there will be spoilers in this. So if you do not wish to be spoiled, then I suggest you skip to the the next part. But in this game, you pick up a Simon. You're in this underground facility. And this, not underground, underwater facility. Deep underwater. You don't know how the fuck you got there. All you know is that something is taking over this base. Something fairly alien is taking over this base. So you're set on to an underwater research facility called Pathos 2 in the year 2103. Turns out that the Earth has been hit by a cataclysmic meteorite, which has wiped out pretty much scorched Earth. Earth is mm-hmm. completely unlivable. Right. So the entire Earth is dead. All that's left that you know of is in this underwater facility. Now, the there's a scientific team in this underwater facility that is testing out how to map the mind, how to transfer consciousness. So this game deals in the existential crisis of what it takes to be human and what to do when you're the last alive. So Simon, Simon believes he's human for the first half of the game until he realizes He's literally just a mind scan in a robot that woke up a hundred years into the future. So he's gone through all this underground facility, underground, can you say underground? Underwater facility to which he is, he meets his character called Catherine and their plan is they have a machine called an arc in which they put all these brain scans into the arc and they want to send it in space to make sure at least a fragment of humanity survives because earth is just slowly not slowly it was dramatically changed when the surface became unlivable and the earth is just rotting from that point onwards so your goal as simon is to get onto this arc and to be shot up into space on the way you meet a lot of robots these robots honestly believe that they're human 100% into the word, they think they're human, they see themselves as human, even though there's big chunks of mechanical mess on the floor, held together by a thing called structure gel. I can't remember what structure gel originated from, but structure gel is sort of like an organic AI-controlled liquid. Tech priest splooge. Tech priest splooge. I don't know what that is, but I'll agree with you anyway. Now, um, <laughs> but it's a really dark, it's definitely a dark and gritty game and it really plays on the fact it's like your mortality. Oh my God, Dante. I forgot to close my door. Your mortality is long gone. You are a robot. The, the Simon that you think you are died a hundred years ago, but you still think you are that Simon. You still think you're human when you're just a copy. And this becomes apparent when, in a segment into the game, you have to transfer from your robot suit into a different robot suit. So once that transfer has been complete, that Simon in that robot suit, the original robot suit, is still the Simon that was, you know, that got you to that position. 
mm-hmm. but you are Simon like three. You're Simon number three looking at Simon number two. So the consciousness look feels like it's transferred, but it hasn't because Simon number two is still experiencing Simon number two. Simon number three thinks that Simon number two's transfer, like consciousness has been transferred. So it gets to that sort of mortality of like, what do you do to keep alive? And what, and what it takes to be human. Like what, like near automata sort of delves on this as well It's like robots mimicking humans. Like mm. what does it take to be a human? Even though these things do what humans do, they imitate humans, but they're obviously not humans because of a machine. But even though they look like us, they want to be human. Where in this game, it's like, we are human. We believe we're human, but we're not. When we don't know it. We, we are oblivious to this. So they want to keep on living, but they don't, they don't understand that the human side of them, the real them, has died. That consciousness has stopped. And like the ending, so like during the game, you fight a lot of monsters. We don't really fight a lot of monsters. You have to avoid a lot of monsters. And on the surface level of the game, there is a story that is fairly decent to like to enjoy. So on the surface level, if you just run through the game without looking into files and without reading documents, you get a serviceable story. But the game really rewards you for going in, looking, researching what's happened, why it's come to this, why... I think they're called proxies. Why these proxies are doing what they're doing, which is the bad things. And it's an amazing story from top to bottom. The gameplay is incredibly tight as well as it's really, like, gripping to play, like... It's one of those games where I play where it's like, holy shit, I, I actually don't want to continue because I don't want to get scared because there's been many times where it's almost shit the bed. Oh my God, Dante, calm down. <laughs> but the ending, the ending is so dark. So for the ending of this game, you and Catherine are at the, at the deepest depth of the ocean which has a cannon which is meant to shoot the Ark into space. Now, the Ark is loaded up in the cannon and you start the transfer of your conscious to be put into the Ark. And the place is basically crumbling apart because of the cannon. The cannon, it, it might not fire, but like because of the cannon turning up, the whole place is falling apart. So you see a meter in which... Uh, the consciousness transfer is going through like a zero to a hundred percent meter and then bam like hundred percent transferred and then as soon as the transfer goes through the arc goes up bam everything should be good problem is you're still in the firing seat your consciousness hasn't left you're still underwater while your consciousness has been transferred to the arc and been fired up so you're like, what the fuck? You said we could get on the Ark. And Catherine's like, you're a fucking idiot. I keep telling you this. This is not how it works. All right? We lost the coin flip. We weren't knocked out before the transfer was complete. We lost it. So we're stuck down here. 
Catherine and Simon are up in the stars now on this arc. And us, Catherine and Simon, are stuck down here forever. And then the game just sort of like fades to black. Well, it starts off like Simon starts abusing Catherine. It's like, fuck you, you lied to me, yeah, yeah. And then the power goes out. And then Simon's like, please don't leave. Please don't leave. And it fades to black. And then that's the ending. And as that shit's like, holy fuck. Gotta take a take a take a breather on that one, because that one just hits hard. I'm like, oh. But it is an amazing game. And I highly recommend it for people to play it because it is not only a game that's told extremely well, but the gameplay that's tied in with like tied in with the story also serves the story and gets you more invested. Like there's some gameplay elements which you need to re like research into scientists on the base. And there's even like a mini YouTube series based around it as well. I can't remember the name of the YouTube series, but there's a mini YouTube series based around Soma and it's like a prequel events leading up to such. Mm. And if you watch that first and then play Soma, no, I say play Soma and then watch this, the mini series first. And it's just an amazing story, an amazing experience. And I highly recommend everyone plays it. Oh, I just hit my mic. So that's Soma. You gonna buy it? Uh, oh no, maybe, maybe. Look it up. All I right. do. I do have to look it up. Your turn. Hold up. Don't say oh. yeah. I'm gonna fucking close my door because Dante keeps coming in and annoying me. Mm. All right, your turn. Right. I had one, and then I switched it, and then I switched it back. So we're going with the original one. All right. And that is, if anyone's ever played it and ever seen it, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. So I have seen it, haven't played it. Have You've I been know? telling me to get that and play that for a while. Mm, a very long while, and you fucking should. Because it is amazing. I love it. So, uh, oof, how to describe it? How to describe it? Um, let's start with the story. The story of Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is Senua is taking, I think, the soul of her husband or her lover. I think it's her lover. The soul of her lover. Uh, or it could be her betrothed. I don't know. Soul of significant other. She's taking the soul of her significant other to uh, the gates. I think... No, it's not to the gates of hell. It's... She wants to save her... <coughs> Fucking hell. I'm dying here. Oh, no. Uh, before I can even get it out because something's telling me I'm fucking up the story that's why it's getting me to stop talking but it's it's basically a um, no it's not ba it's basically nothing it's it's fucking it's it's an amazing game the story has Senua has you take on the role of Senua it's, it's third person you're trying to I think save the soul of your significant other by guaranteeing them a spot in heaven and okay in order to do that, you need to go through, like, a lot of Norse mythology. And I remember that there's... Oh, there's three bosses that you need to fight in the game. And the first three bosses, like, one, two, three, right like that. And the first the first two bosses are actually optional. Uh, which one is your number one and number two boss? And that was the okay. most interesting part for me. 
because you actually got to decide which way you went down first. Uh, the way I went down first is um, oh, there's a I can't remember his fucking name. Damn them fucking Nordic names and their fucking hard ass pronunciation. But he he's basically a crow. He's like a living crow. If I could just find his fucking name. This is why I tell you to do some research. I know, I know. Anyway, that's actually kind of unimportant, isn't it? No, it's actually quite very important because he is he's actually quite important to the um to the story because he's one of the two guardians of the of the door that keeps you out out of the uh afterlife. So you need to manually walk into the afterlife. But that's not the cool feature of the game. The cool feature of the game is that there is a way for you to lose your save file permanently. Now, I I haven't seen this like personally, but I have heard that that's not the case. I have heard that people have died many times and the infection reached their head and the save file hasn't been deleted. But at the same time, I've heard the opposite where people say their save file has been deleted. So I'm not too sure on the actual requirements to delete the save file if that is true. Mm. But as I was operating under the assumption that, you know, it is because that's that's what they did say. They say if you if you die too much and the infection or the rot, I think I think it's called the rot. The rot or the infection or like the black stuff on Senua's arm reaches her head, she dies. And yeah. if she dies. So what is the rot? The rot is like a it's sort of like an infection that Senua gets um by being alive and I think touching the realm of the dead. And because she is alive and not dead, she is not supposed to be there. So the rot is trying to expel her. Okay. Commit her to being dead. I could be fucking up because it has been a very long time since I played it. But the game itself, every part of it, from what I can remember, I absolutely fucking enjoyed it. And most importantly, the crow boss fight. I'm just going to call him the crow. He was immediately the most fucking intense boss fight I've had in a long time. Like, bar Dark Souls and, like, Monster Hunter tier boss fights, like, I was legit sweating against this motherfucker. And he was, he was mean and he was nasty, especially the first time I went in. So it's like so, mean, is like he's really difficult or... He's really difficult. Like fair he, difficult? Oh no, he's very fair difficult. Like he's not artificially difficult. He's very fair difficult because there's a feature um, in the game where if you get knocked down as Senua, you can just mash a fucking button and like the harder you mash it, like the more chance you have of just standing back up and going again instead of just outright dying. Hmm. So I I use that quite a bit against him. But his design, the way he's designed, like he's so eerie and creepy and frightening and the arena you face him in is like it's all dark and it's all like shadowy and you can't see him properly but every now and again there's like a like a crash of lightning that just illuminates him as he just fucking starts charging towards you with these twin daggers as he spirals through the air and his cape made of like crow feathers also a blades that he sends out towards you like he's called the trickster, the hunter. Like that's how what he represents in North in North mythology, and he's in his whole fighting style is around that. As he like you know vanishes in smoke, like 
tossing up your vision shit like that it, it was so cool like the boss the gameplay itself super fucking cool it's got a super simple combat system but the way it works with that super simple combat system it doesn't feel like you're um sort of restricted in like other ways like we just got through playing the force unleashed which was the other game that i was going to suggest we play uh yeah. suggest for the if play it before you die um but i still do say it's play it before you die because it's the best um the like most accurate representation you'll get of playing a jedi like a full powered force sensitive jedi in the star wars universe and that's mm. quite literally the only reason but like you, you saw how in that game like the combos were really restrictive yes like yeah there was there was one combo they were pretty bread and butter yeah they were pretty bread and butter stand was got the same thing like the combos are very bread and butter but they don't feel like they're bread and butter they don't feel like super restricted because i don't i don't know i don't know why it's very hard to put my finger on but i just had so much fun with the game i enjoyed it so much and the the puzzles themselves as well were super interesting like you should what was that game uh you streamed to me before did you stream which it one right school or dead no not that one <laughs> not that one <laughs> definitely not that one the yeah. other one the one with the uh native american prey prey yeah so you know those puzzles in prey where you walk through um doorways that take you into different things depending on which way you're looking yes yeah there's puzzles like they got like sort of puzzles like that in senoa okay and they're and they're strictly to the um to the trickster. kind of mind-bending puzzles yeah they got mind-bending puzzles to the trickster to the trickster god they've got you know you have to sort of line up the um nordic runes on like objects and stuff to so, sort of find your way through what am i trying to think of there's a term for it like um when you can only beat a boss in a specific way mm-hmm. uh, i'm trying to remember the term for it but basically is it one of those bosses where it's like you have to do this certain thing to beat him or is it like a combat slash puzzle boss no it's a straight combat boss all right cool it's a straight combat boss it's you in the arena with the fucking boss you can dodge you can block you can attack fucking go and these puzzles were to get to the boss these puzzles were to get to the boss so the way it would work it would be puzzle bit uh uh fucking small fight puzzle bit small fight puzzle bit mid boss puzzle bit small fight puzzle bit small fight puzzle bit big boss so the same and the same kind of formula that a lot of action rpgs work like yeah. darksiders yeah i would say like yeah that. sort of like the old how old retro games were sort of i'm talking like playstation nintendo era sort of like the Nintendo 64 mm. era where it's like you have a set of puzzles to do and then you're uh, treated with a cutscene to which then you do a boss and then you have a bit of exploration puzzle cutscene boss sort of thing yeah something like that uh the second boss that i want to talk about is uh suta the fire uh deity in uh in norse mythology and he's completely different from the fucking um uh from the trickster god because all of his all of his um puzzles that are in his area they're all based around fire they're all based around outrunning fire they're all based around you know doing stuff with fire and that's super fucking cool and his boss fight as well is it's not trickstery it's like trying to bat to break down a brick wall with your forehead 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's a pure strength one. And the third boss fight, I don't remember if it's the actual third boss fight, but it was the third boss fight that really stood out to me, aside from the final boss fight. The final boss fight was just fucking amazing. I loved it. Every second of it. I love that one. I'm not going to spoil it because go fucking play it. Um, but the one of the one of the other bosses is this big black boar. And it is this creature in the darkness that you have to run away from. And as you're running away from it, Senna was trying to figure out like why it's chasing her until she eventually just sums up the courage to fight to like fight it and face it one on one in an arena. And like the darkness is what draws it closer. So you have to stay in the light. So the entire puzzle section for that boss there is you managing light and how light works. And I fucking all of the bosses had puzzles based around, you know, their sort of gimmick and their sort of mechanic. And that was really fucking cool because it didn't feel like so know, the shit whole, was recycled. So the whole area was, were properly themed towards the leader of that area. Yeah. And that was really fucking cool. Like, I can only remember those um, those three bosses because they were the most standout bosses. There they probably were other bosses, like like the last boss, but I'm not going to say anything about the last boss because go play it. Um... But, oh, shit, man, that game was so good. But the most, the most unique feature, because it's only done in Senua, is uh, Senua's schizophrenic. So she hears voices. And do you hear voices? Because the voices talk to you as well. They're like, they whisper stuff in your ear. Like, sometimes they're helpful, and sometimes they will straight up, like, fuck you up. Like, the voices will start whispering shit during combat as well. They'll say, like, on your right, on your right, and you'll fucking turn to the right, and nothing will be there, and you'll get hit from the left. And then, they'll, and then they'll start talking shit, like, oh, this is your fault. You're so fucking bad. Why are you like this? As so that, they, that, they intentionally put you off. Yeah, they int- like, and sometimes they're spot on, because sometimes they'll be like, dodge, and you'll dodge, and you'll, like, you'll dodge like a fatal attack. So you attack. don't know if you can trust them. Yeah. it's Oh, it's so good. So fucking good. I love it, because it's now such the- a unique feature the two interesting things about hellblade i found is one the actor won Mm -hmm. best performance for hellblade oh yeah she's just an employee she's not she's not a professional actor or anything she's just an employee at ninja fury Mm -hmm. she worked on um she worked in i can't remember but there was something about it in which she works in a, in a particular place that's not anything to do with acting. But yeah, she's and just a regular employee and won a fucking, like, I think 2018 Game Award? Yeah. Mm. That was crazy. Two, this is Ninja Fury. Yeah. These are the guys who fucked up Devil May Cry. Yeah. <laughs> These are the same people who bent over the Devil May Cry series and dropped the, the sweatiest, steamiest turd they could on it. Mm. and then they come out with a good game yeah so like you know that's called it's called learning your fucking lesson so like they have had some good games like enslaved odyssey to the west that wasn't an interesting game nonetheless but Mm. it wasn't a bad game uh obviously hellblade and they did heavenly sword Oh, that's which an is like old that, which game. Is like, God damn. Which, yeah. like 2007. Yeah, and yeah. It, was, it was a purely cinematic thing. That's 12 but years ago. For, for someone to have little care in a DMC. licensed series 
to put mm. so much care and attention into a game it's it's really i would say interesting and very contrasting on what a company can do said the same company same employees that did dmc made hellblade two very contrasting games one dmc is terrible from gameplay perspective and story perspective where hellblade is great from a story perspective and from what i've seen the gameplay looks great as well i see you put a picture in the chat i'm going to put a picture in the chat as well that's the crow boss fight that's that's one of my own screenshots from the boss fight oh that looks pretty interesting yeah look look at that motherfucker yeah, so so just, that, yeah everyone to... just google the crow boss fight hellblade Inse- yeah and it'll give you an idea yeah man that's so fucking cool oh i love that boss fight so much i love the horror right. boss fights actually all right so it's Jaden's turn mm-hmm. and then we can cap this bad boy off mm-hmm. oh shit i found a screenshot of the boar uh, screenshot of the boar. There's yeah turn. so my my game of choice which i think everyone should play is bastion by supergiant games Oh, yeah, I remember Bastion. I've got that. Uh, I've literally, I've literally picked it up, played it for a bit. I'm like, this seems really interesting. And then it just alertly to that pile of like, oh, but I've gotten so far in it and I, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but I'll, I'll guess I'll restart it. And then it's just that cycle. Repeat the cycle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I purchased it on the 27th of December, 2017. I haven't installed it yet. You should. It's actually like Fucking really fun, as well as it's so, really fun, but, as well as kind of like for when it was released. It's tell kind you of what, unique. I'll play it if you play Senua Hellblade, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Yeah, but no, the difference is that cost me money because I don't have it yet. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Well, um, you should have bought it when I was fucking badgering you about it. Family yeah. share. So it's it's an for those who haven't played it, it's an isometric, top down kind of hack and slashy game. It it is a combat based game. Would, the the main well the main combat more... the main gameplay loop tends to be combat. There are a couple of puzzles, but it's yeah. generally combat. Um But the real reason that I think people should play it is just how cleanly done it is. The entire thing the entire game is hand drawn and looks beautiful. It's got one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. Like, the soundtrack to Bastion is amazing. This is a little off-topic. So, well, I think people... I think all of Supergiant's games are amazing. I fucking loved Bastion. I loved Transistor. I absolutely loved Pyre. I reckon Pyre is my favourite of the lot, both from a visual gameplay and sound perspective. I actually... Pi is absolutely my favourite. However, if I had to pick one for people to play, if they hadn't played any, I'd definitely choose Bastion. I just think it's a better starting point, and it's a well. That's where they started. Yeah, Bastion. and it's where they started. Um, but yeah, it's it's it looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Um, the gameplay, it's it's simple, but it's tight and it works. Uh, And the biggest thing, and I think the biggest thing that people, when it first came out, first picked up on was, and kind of its biggest unique flair is that the entire game is narrated, and it's a reactive narration. 
So as a general rule, what you do, if you do something, you progress somewhere, you kill something, you build something somewhere, there w you will have the narrator uh, mm. will doing exactly that, narrating it. And because of how they've written that, the entire game plays out like you're playing through a story being told about the character you're controlling. As it as if the narrator the narrator was narrating your actions to someone else and you're playing out how that went how that went down. Because, yeah, there's, like, some scenes when I played where it was, like, he was, like, oh, and the boy walks out. And instead of walking out, I go and break some crates. He goes, nope, instead he goes and does it. So the narrator reacts to your actions in the game and then plays that as how that's how the story is told. Yeah. The... Which I found really interesting, but that would take so many lines of dialogue to record. The, the, so it's, the a, one it's a neat line... little feature they've added. Yeah, but it's definitely done and makes the game unique. And it's just it's just plain it's it's simple. The story is relatively simple, but it is it's well done. It's 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 a relatively simple premise, but it's well done and it isn't shallow. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of de there's a lot of depth into the story. So what is the story about? Um, the simple idea of the story is basically this cataclysm happened, which was effectively a world-ending catastrophe and that when this happened people were supposed to meet up at the bastion which was kind of the the safe haven that everyone was supposed to meet up and find yeah um so you get there you find one other person there who is the narrator um And then across the course of the game, you basically need to fix the Bastion because it's been damaged. And so you need to fix it and kind of bring it back to its former glory. And over the time, you'll find another couple of survivors and figure out kind of what caused the calamity to happen in the first place. And So basically, yeah, the world's been calamity, and so no one's really turned up to the Bastion. Yeah, no one's turned up. Except you the narrator which is the the other person you find there and the couple of survivors that you find who's the main character though the kid is that just all he's known that's as that's what he's kid? known as he's known as the kid uh and i find that tends to be that tends to be the case with a lot of super giants games that i've played so in transistor the main character is just known as red I'm pretty I'm pretty certain Red isn't her real name. It's just what she's called. In Bastion, you're just known as the kid. You're not given a name. Pretty sure you're called something like the speaker or the reader or something along those lines in Pyre. Um, so generally, you're given a title rather than rather than an, is that is that more of a um like a thematic and narrative choice. So is it more of like a characteristic thing to where the player can project a personality onto the character or does the character themselves have a personality for presentation? I think there's a... Uh, this again, I think, depends on the game. In both Pyre and Pyre, 
definitely you can. That said, Pyre plays like almost like a visual novel, so they have to give you that kind projection, of projection yeah. to make it work. Um, Transistor, you're very much playing as Red in her footsteps. Uh, and Bastion's weird, because again, because it's all told through a the narrator. lens of a narrator, it's... You somewhat... You can definitely project yourself through it, but whatever you're doing, you're not really getting dialogue because the only thing you're getting is the third person perspective, perspective of, of the narrator. I'm I am fairly certain that you don't hear the kid's voice until the end of the game. Oh, so he does speak. Well, no, because at the end of the game, the story finishes, and then in the epilogue is actually after that retelling. Okay. So it's a like a sort of different perspective after it's finished. Yeah. But yeah, it's oh, definitely interesting. I just recommend playing it because it it's fun. It's relatively simple, but it's just very very well made. Well, I have heard that about Bastion and pretty much anything. Uh, was it Super Giant Games has done? Yep. So I played. I played through Bastion. I loved it, and so I ended up getting Transistor, and I loved it. And so because of that, and because they were so good, they're both some of my favorite games I've ever played. I bought Pyre on release, and mm-hmm. I loved that as well. And so I'm basically at the point where Super Giant Games f- is the one studio I will buy their games. That can just, do no I will just wrong. straight up buy their games because I'm that confident in how well they do things. I haven't got Hades yet, but that's just because I it's still kind of being developed in early access, I believe. It looks yes. really good from what I've seen, but I would just rather wait for a full release. Yeah, that would make sense. Because, like, the one thing I, I really hate in some games is when games have been obviously split up that's why i'm not a big fan of early access because most early access stuff that is put out is like okay this isn't finished yet like story-wise and it's like well what if i get really into the story and then i can't you know keep going into it i'd rather wait for a story to be finished and then just sort of meet halfway stop and then it will lose that effect when i pick it back up like months down the line yeah same thing with like the one thing I, that's the one thing I don't well, understand. That, is like well, the... see that that right there is exactly why I didn't pick it up because like Supergiant, they've got a lot of strengths. Their their art's amazing. Their music yes, is amazing. Is but the story is the story for their games has really been what's caught me, and so that's exactly why I haven't bought Hades yet because I want to wait until the game's fully released to make so sure I can get story, it yeah. through. Bastion, I played, I think, in nine to ten hours in one sitting. So it's it's not a long game. It's not an exceptionally long game. Um, but no I JRPG played that for ten game. hours straight because I was that into it. Transistor, again, I think that took me a bit longer to play through, but I did that in two sittings as well. Okay, so I might, I might actually pick up these games for my Vita. Um, Pyre... Again, I think Pyre I played in two or three sittings. Like, all three of those games, they are relatively short, like 8 to 15 hours, depending on 
how you're doing it. This is a little a little off. So the reason I chose Bastion over Pyre is I feel like Pyre's more niche from a gameplay aspect. It plays kind of like a visual novel interdispersed with a, almost a fantasy version of basketball. Yeah, I heard it's like a sports RPG game. It's it's almost like a fantasy basketball visual novel. And that sounds they, really weird. According to Supergiant Games, Pyre is an action role-playing sports video game. Yep, and I'd say that's accurate. Um, so it, it And it is a lot more niche to play. Like, I, I absolutely get that... I absolutely get that less people would enjoy that game because it feels like... It doesn't have the style of gameplay that reaches such a wide audience. However, like I said, it's my personal mm. favorite, and I'd hope other people would enjoy it and look to play it as well. The other thing I really, really loved about Pyre is every mm. game you play matters and makes a difference to the story. So win if, or like, lose, you lose a game, then it it, it keeps it, going through. You don't you don't restart. You don't try again. You go don't go back to a previous save. You just keep playing regardless of what happens. So it's kind of like a roguelike without the rogue. Randomness. Kind of. The other thing I really like about Pyre is you're not the hero of the story. Ooh, it's almost like. This, they're going to sound weird. So you're playing... It's almost like you're playing the main character, but not the protagonist. Okay, so... Mm. There's an obvious hero to this story, and you're just a part of this world. I wouldn't necessarily... I wouldn't say there's an obvious hero. No. But there's definitely... It definitely feels like you're not... In control of everything. If you get in the same okay. way that, yeah. the same way a, a, a actual protagonist yeah, would be. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to describe how this specifically kind of works. However, yes, game game to play before you die. Bastion, though, I would highly, highly recommend all of Supergiant games. Games, which is it's like four games right now, so yep. people could pretty comfortably go through them. I think I might grab a Bastion Transistor for my Vita since they're on them. But yeah. So, is that is that all? That's all. Well, that is great. So, we've been going for longer than I expected, but we got through it all. So, I think it's about time we wrap this shit up. Alrighty. Sweet. So, yes, once again, if you guys... Would please kindly, would you kindly, nah, not, not that cringy shit. If you would like to kind of go over to our YouTube at OzPlays, that is A-U-S-P. I'm actually going to double check this because this will be the most fucked stuff if I'm not actually saying it correctly. Yeah, if, if you're advertising the wrong channel right now. Mm. Uh, oh no. So yes, it is OzPlays, A-U-S space P-L-A-Y-S exclamation point. Because we couldn't get Ozplays because some one one kid with a video, no subscribers, took it. 
So that is Ozplays, A-U-S space P-L-A-Y-S exclamation point. Head over to our channel right now. What have we got going on in our channel, guys? We have... We still have going, the, we're still going through the Valkyria Chronicles 4 playthrough. So we've we started, have, we've started a Valkyria Chronicles 4 playthrough, so we're just in the early days of that. Yep. Uh, we've finished your Resident Evil 2 playthrough. Yes. So we've done we've completed a Resident Evil 2 playthrough with me at the helm, being your your Resident Evil connoisseur. And uh so right now continuing series as we have on there. So we have we're Sekiro coming up is still to the, going. Sekiro is nearly ending. We have about eight episodes of Sekiro left. So Sekiro is almost coming to an end, to mm -hmm. which after that we have a Pokemon Emerald playthrough going which up on the channel. Which has me at the helm of that one. With Alex at the helm, <laughs> unfortunately, but Fuck with, you, with a twist. Pokemon. This is this is Pokemon Emerald with a twist. What twist that is, you'll just have to go find out yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, Bayonetta is still going up. Uh, we have done recording a Bayonetta, so Bayonetta is all done and dust and recorded. We're just uploading episodes uh, as it come through. And yes, we've got Valkyria Chronicles up as well. So we have a couple of games coming in soon. Mm -hmm. But other than that, just come down to our YouTube place, which is Oz Plays. I'll say it once again Oz Plays, A U S space. P L A Y S exclamation point. You'll you'll be greeted with a uh, a picture of a white Australia as a as a game controller. Oh fuck! Oh no! No, stop! No! Stop! Stop hitting me! Stop hitting me! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> as a a Australian Australian uh, I, uh map. But it's a uh, game controller <laughs> that says Oz plays on it. We have a and monochromatic um, yes, a mono layout chromatic. of the Australian definitely, landscape styled definitely, like a controller. Yes, it is a hundred percent got nothing to do with uh, white people or people of color. It is just a uh, monochromatic. We are not we are not advocating for or against any foreign policies that have been at this point in the Australian political climate redacted from active uh, enforcement. Yes. That so voice is going to be there for posterity, though. You know this, right? Yeah, it will, it will, it will be. be. <laughs> Fuck. Fucking Kotaku's oh, going to have a field day with that, eh, Jeff? Because, you know, oh, oh, it's been a I'll slow day in the away. Don't you worry, I'll explain it away. <laughs> so, yes, come subscribe to us. We definitely got plenty of content. We release stuff every day. Uh, and, yeah, we will see you guys next time on the next podcast. Whenever but, so, that is. Whenever that is. Mm. Hopefully, if this goes well, then more of it. All right. See you guys later. Catch you. Catch us.